In this SSA IJS podcast collaboration, Carmen Leif Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke, spoke to Elizabeth Holliday, NHMRC Postdoctoral Fellow and Biostatistics Lecturer at the University of Newcastle within the Clinical Centre for Epidemiology and Biostatistics in the School of Medicine and Public Health. She will be presenting a talk of the Stroke Society Australasia on genome-wide association studies of ischemic stroke and large artery atherosclerosis. Elizabeth, thank you very much for speaking to us today. Can you please give us a background to your talk for SSA? Yes, so as people know, stroke is a major health problem in Australia. Uh, it's the second highest cause of death and a leading cause of long-term disability. And the major public health strategy currently is prevention. We've made inroads to decreasing the incidence of stroke and also improving the outcome by modifying traditional risk factors like hypertension and hypercholesterolemia, smoking and diabetes, etc. But a substantial proportion of the risk still remains unexplained by these recognised environmental risk factors. And twin and family studies provide strong evidence that genetic factors are relevant in stroke. This really underlies the recent and current worldwide push to identify genetic risk factors for stroke, and this is the goal of the Australian Stroke Genetics Collaborative, also referred to as the ASGC. The ASGC has been around for a while now. It involves a number of great neurologists and scientists from across four different Australian states in Western Australia, South Australia, Queensland and New South Wales. And for nearly a decade, they've been recruiting individuals at the time of presenting at hospital with an ischemic stroke, which is the most common type of stroke. And they collect detailed clinical data and also a blood sample for genetic studies. So the cohort now includes more than 1,200 validated ischemic stroke cases, and we have a similar number of population controls from a separate population cohort. In 2009, the group was awarded a large NHMRC grant to conduct this genome-wide association study to search for genetic risk factors for stroke. So this has really given the ASGC the opportunity to contribute to other large international efforts to identify genetic risk factors for stroke using these large-scale genetic studies. So what's a genome-wide association study? That's a good question. So the basis of the genome-wide association study is the genetic information that we all have contained within our DNA. And you might visualise this as being like a string of pearls. And each pearl has a letter on it, one of the characteristic nucleotide bases of DNA, an A, a C, a G or a T. And each human genome has more than 3 billion of these little pearls, these letters or bases, and they're stored on 23 pairs of chromosomes. Now, at most of these letters, we are all exactly the same. But at about 1 in 1,000, we vary. So one person might have an A and someone else might have a C, for example. Some of the variations have no consequence at all whereas some have an effect upon a human trait, something like eye colour, for example, or one's blood group, or one's risk of developing a complex disease, like stroke. So in a genome-wide association study, we use very recent technologies to obtain information at hundreds of thousands or even millions of these variable sites in the genome. And these variable sites that are chosen for the study are spread across all of the chromosomes. 
In a disease-based study, like the one we've done, we recruit large groups of cases and controls, and then we obtain this information and systematically compare the cases to the controls at each of the sites. So at these hundreds of thousands of sites, we search across each of them for ones where the cases and the controls have marked differences in the frequency of the possible variants. If we can identify one of those sites where there's a big difference between the cases and the controls, then the region of DNA in which that site is contained might have a role in the disease that we're studying. You've used this study to find evidence of a genetic contribution to ischemic stroke. That's right. What does this kind of evidence mean for the prevention of stroke? Okay, so what we did in the ASGC, as I said, we had more than 1,200 well-characterised cases, more than 1,200 population controls, and we conducted this study. Now, previous studies like this have had difficulty with identifying strong signals that could be replicated in different studies. And we believe that this was partly due to the clinical complexity of the trait. For example, stroke can be the result of a number of different biological processes, and that's reflected in the widespread use of subtyping schemes, which classify strokes according to the likely causal pathway. So our approach was to focus on one of these subtypes. We did look at broad ischemic stroke as well, but recognising that it was complex, we focused in on a particular subtype to try and simplify the potential causal background in the hope of getting a stronger, cleaner signal. So we identified a subtype, large artery atherosclerotic stroke. It tends to affect the large artery as a result of an atherosclerotic process. And it seemed to have the strongest contribution by genetic factors in our cohort. When we looked only at cases with this subtype, we found a very strong signal in a region of chromosome 6. And excitingly, we were able to replicate that in a completely independent cohort, which really supports its validity. Now, interestingly, when we looked in the all-stroke group, in spite of having a lot more cases, because we included strokes with different causal origins, the signal was much weaker. And we think that was the result of the extra noise that was introduced by including a whole lot of cases with essentially different strokes. So the result that we have is this region on chromosome 6 where it really looks like it has a role in this particular subtype of large artery atherosclerotic stroke. In terms of direct patient benefit, how does this discovery then affect practice? In terms of the larger goal of reducing stroke incidence, it's a small but important step. The identification of a range of valid genetic risk factors for stroke, perhaps including this one, might ultimately mean that we can create risk profiles for individuals that incorporate the results of genetic tests and also knowledge of their environmental risk factors. So people at higher risk could then be targeted for more aggressive preventative strategies and might also be self-motivated to engage in risk-reducing behaviours like quitting smoking. But routine genetic testing is still some time away and has a range of counselling and ethical implications which need to be addressed. So this discovery isn't likely to affect practice in the short term, but it ultimately could play a role in risk profiling, patient education and the application of preventative strategies. Elizabeth Holliday, thank you very much for speaking to us. Thank you, Carmen. You are listening to an International Journal of Stroke podcast collaboration between International Journal of Stroke and the Stroke Society Australasia. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organisation. Please consider becoming a member.